0: Greetings shipmates. Welcome to this edition of Voyage of Rediscovery, a commemoration of the fall 1998 journey on Semester at Sea. Before we jump in, or shall I say dive in, a reminder that you can follow our voyage, access other conversations, check out all participant bios, learn about and contribute to the fall 1998 commemorative scholarship, as well as order swag. From sas25th.com, and that's sas25th.com. Dolphins portside! All right, excuse me. Let's start the show. In today's episode, we speak with Jennifer Ja Bircher. Back in 1998, we knew Jennifer as Jen Ja and she attended the University of California, Santa Barbara. Originally from Hillsboro, California, Jen will tell us about how Semester at Sea led her to have numerous awakenings, both in terms of having a newfound sense of freedom and in terms of commitments that she made to herself then that she maintains to this day. Also, she'll share something that her whole family does together, which I think is super cool. Hop on board, everyone the ship is leaving. Did you have an inspiration or a reason for going? Did someone convince you to go? Did you know someone who had already taken the trip that said, this is for you?
1: Yeah. So my sister went and she went um, three years prior to me going and it was life-changing for her. And when I got, she was a senior when I was a freshman and and we both went to UCSB. My primary reason for going to UCSB was because she was there and we're really, really close. And so it was a no brainer. And I was looking to actually go abroad to potentially study because I was an English creative writing major, maybe going to like Europe or London or somewhere. And then she went on semester at C and I realized that it would be more fun to get like, I, I see it as appetizers and to get like, little appetizers of all these different places um, than just going to one place for like a quarter or for a year. So I she went and I was like, sign me up. So that's why I ended up on SAS.
0: That's amazing. And also love the appetizers. Definitely would love to grab a meal because that's how my wife and I eat. Let's get <laughs> five different appetizers Absolutely. and see. Absolutely where yeah. this trip takes us. But wow. But let me just wonderful. say
1: one more thing is she actually met her husband on ship. So she met her husband and they both went to UCSB but didn't know each other and um met each other their first day on the ship and they are married and have three kids and have been together for a really long time. So I think that's a fun little caveat.
0: Wow. So I'm gonna <laughs> ask you a weird question and the reason why we'll become a parent much later on, but, and not in our conversation even today, but did they happen to meet in the buffet line?
1: <laughs> they did not. Their rooms were right across from each other. And she, they were on the really old ship. The one that was, um, it was, it wasn't a cruise liner. It was like one of the industrial one where everything was metal. And so they had like a magnet holding up her name with UCSB. And then across was Clay Samus with his name, UCSB. And she was like, Oh, that's crazy. Somebody from UCSB and it was written in the stars, I guess.
0: Wow. Yeah. Written in the stars. That's amazing. So you had obviously a very strong relation and connection to the trip. Before going, you had almost a philosophy or an approach set out for how you wanted to do it. When you look at any of those specific appetizers or we'll translate them into ports, were there any that seemed more appealing to you from the outset than others
1: definitely the ones that I hadn't been to before so I felt feel lucky that I, I did travel a lot with my family especially to some of the Asian countries so I'd been to Europe and I've been to Asia so I was really looking forward to going to like I hadn't been to India or Malaysia or Israel but I had gone to Italy um japan hong kong trying to think of all the other amazing places that we've been so i was looking forward to the ones that i hadn't been to before i think those were the ones that were sparking my interest and then when i was signing up to go i didn't know anybody else that was going which was pretty scary but also so exciting for me i think it was kind of like this way for me to just show up and be on the boat and to just be who i am and really just start connecting and then um I didn't sign up for any of the the programs that they do in port. And so we just did, I mean, we had really amazing experiences backpacking around and just being free, you know, like that feeling that you get where you just could go anywhere and do anything and
0: explore. If I, I translate that in my mind to some feeling of freedom or liberation, but was that one of the first times that you can recall encountering? that kind of emotion or that kind of opportunity?
1: You know, I think going to college was definitely the first step because you're def- you're disconnecting right from you're, you're stepping out on your own into who you are really are aside from your family. I think when you're living at home, there's j- definitely a tether and a tie. And so it gets further away. And I think even me being, you know, my sister and I chose to go to college away from home Um, not because, I mean, we have such a great relationship with our family, but it really was just like a feeling of a little bit of freedom um, just to establish ourselves as our own person. And so I think on Semester at Sea, it was definitely taking that next step into being. And I think that there's certain... I don't know what it is, there's there's a certain, I don't want to say that they're walls, but there's certain lenses, right, that you have throughout your being either um, in college, in an academic setting like that, but this was so different, you know, so I feel like stepping onto that boat, it's like all of those things came down, because there was no expectation from anybody about you, right, I didn't know anybody, so I felt like it was stepping into just, like, just being who I am, you know, and just being really open. I think there was an openness there that a lot of us, or a lot of our folks that we we connected with. Um, you just go onto that ship and you step on, and you're just you're just opening yourself up to whatever's going to happen, right? And wherever the ship's going to take you, or whatever adventure is going to come around the corner. So there aren't these preconceived notions of what's gonna happen or where you're gonna be. And I think that's why I really liked being able to just backpack around in every country rather than doing a set trip because I think it just um, gave me more freedom in that way to be able to just see where my feet took me, you know? I do.
0: And it's interesting, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about, you know, the metaphor of clay and molding clay and the state of which if we are, bodies of clay, of of mold, and how formed we were at that point in time, and how much more malleable we potentially were, as well as the opportunity to just step on and occupy a completely different identity. You might have been Mm -hmm. someone else at home, and here's just a chance for you to become the funny gen, or (laughs) the... I love softball, Jen, or whatever, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I don't know, whatever, Right. But, you know, and, and it was uh, a, 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 not necessarily a reawakening, but just a new chance to be whomever you wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you remember anything about your your room? And I know your sister's room seems to be important because of where it was situated, but was your room an important place, either for shelter, for the formation of some of your memories, or really that was the place where you were when you slept what little you needed to sleep. Absolutely.
1: I didn't I didn't feel like my room was like the center point at all for me.
0: It was a smoking deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, plus that smoking deck. Right? Yeah.
1: I think that's where a majority of our time was spent like so many amazing memories from like morning to like middle of like 2 a.m so many memories were made there I mean like the watching like the guys play like their 20 hour I don't know what game that was do you remember that they would all play like risk or something and they would bring the table out and they would have these like long Risk games and people were playing guitar. So the, my room, Meredith was great. She was my roommate, but I feel like really my room was a place to sleep and shower and change my clothes, but it wasn't um, a center point for me at all.
0: Was yours? Kinds of, yes and no. Mine was in the sense that I had one of the premium rooms somehow My room, there were three of us. We had a couch and a bidet in the bathroom with a jacuzzi. So I think it was something like number 420, 430. It wasn't 420 because that would have been just too cheeky at the time, but it was something there in the center of the ship. And it happened to have been one of the largest rooms. So in that sense, it was really cool. And because it was also centrally located when we were going through Typhoon Vicky, Right. it wasn't one that was as disruptive as one that was at either end of the ship that was right. getting tossed around so those are kind of my my memories of the ship and the level of importance of my room well what were the kinds of things that you recall on the smoking deck because i know that it's just so so central to you know where you were while we were in transit and where those important conversations so what What kinds of things do you remember talking about or talking through during those periods?
1: To be honest, I can't even pinpoint like specific conversations, but I just remember how much laughter happened on that deck, like so much laughter and so much connection. And I remember that was always the place where we would connect, like when we would get back to port from port and we'd all get back from like, you know, our time exploring in India or whichever country we were in. And we would all convene and everybody's talking about like their adventures and what stories and, you know, the crazy things that happened or showing things that they bought. And it just became a way for all of us to just share, you know, our experiences. But I just remember so many times of like, you know, almost peeing in your pants, laughter, people telling stories about their trip or like something that happened to them in childhood. And but I, on the same token, it was also a place of, you know, sometimes sadness, like people missing home or when Caroline's dad passed away when we were, you know, coming into court in Japan and being there and supporting her. So, you know, there's that happiness. But there's also, you know, sadness when we lost um our librarian in that accident. I remember we were all out there and the ship changed course and we were throwing flowers off the side. And so, you know, that juxtaposition of like the happiness, but also like these really pinnacle, like heart-wrenching moments. We had both.
0: Do you have any outstanding memories, specific memories from any of your ports that you return to on a more frequent basis than others?
1: I definitely feel like the time in India was like, Stand out. And I feel like it was, you know, we had no idea what we we're doing, where we were going. And we end up, you know, in Varanasi. We end up meeting that person who we were like, should we trust them? Should we not meet me here? And being in the Ganges at sunrise, like during um, Diwali. I mean, you can't make that kind of stuff up, you know? And I try to explain to people what that was like. And you can't really. No photos, nothing. Can really describe all of that, the burning pyres. Like I would still remember the smell so distinctly. I just feel like I do return to that a lot in reading, too. Like I remember rereading Siddhartha when I got back and really reading it, right? Because it definitely changed. Like the whole context of everything changed having been there and experienced that. So for me, that was definitely one that that's that still stands out to me as being, really just a, a life-changing experience. Like you can't really, I don't have the words to be able to describe that experience that we had. It was very, I don't know, spiritual. I mean, that doesn't even really wrap it up. I don't know.
0: You're right. The man's name was Cold Deep. Deep. And what still jumps out at me as I'm hearing you is the level of trust or just approaching trust with people that you're skeptical about and taking some of these chances, really not knowing how it's all going to turn up. And obviously I live in New York City and I have children (laughs) and my idea of trust then and then now and completely different things. But had we not taken some of those chances and trusted, We might not have had the same experiences that we did. And the timing of each of those touch points was incredible. I remember to your point, the sights, but the smells and the sounds, and it's still faded, but vibrant and Mm -hmm. unmistakable in a way that nothing can bring back by virtue of a photograph, the same as just traveling in my mind and potentially revisiting. And so, one of the questions that I have been asking people that I'd love to know from you is Have you had the opportunity to revisit any of the ports of call and physically rewalk any of the places that you visited then? Gosh,
1: I don't think so. We haven't traveled to any of those places. We've traveled other places, but not those same places. Or we are talking about going to Sri Lanka to do a surf trip because our whole family surfs. But yeah, I really would love to take my kids to Asia. We've just been kind of in a holding pattern to go to China again. But yeah, I haven't been. Have you?
0: Not really. But I was caught up on just how cool your family sounds since everyone surfs. (laughs) That's definitely, you know, I'm not going to rank everyone's current life versus their former lives, but you definitely already... (laughs) Have some points in the cool column, uh, as to be expected. Uh, <laughs> let me think. I have been to most of the Western countries, but I have not returned to Northern Africa. I have not been to any of the Eastern or Southeast Asian countries that we went to. I've continued to travel, but interestingly, life on any of its various manifestations has not taken me to japan has not taken me to hong kong has not taken me you know you have it and so these are really dated memories of countries that are probably completely different now than they were i mean we're talking a quarter century ago
1: i know is not that bananas i actually did have an opportunity so um a lot of the, the main, like the deans of SAS come from UCSB. So there's a huge tie from UCSB to Semester at C. And they actually offered me a job on Semester at C to be like the lifelong learner coordinator. And we were, I was, we were signed up for our whole family to go and then COVID hit. and So, but a lot of our lead staff who live in our buildings are often the lead staff or the staff on the boats kind of overseeing the different floors. So there's a huge tie. So I don't know, who knows, maybe I'll be on there again. We're kind of in this weird period though, because I'm trying to figure out how to take my kids out of school for that amount of time, because my son will be in high school next year. So we're like, maybe we wait until after they're out like wait another four or five years and then my husband and I can go. But I just would love for my kids to be able to experience that,
0: right? Yeah. 100%, and that's, you know, a common theme and really one of the last questions that I would pose to you, which is, you know, what would you, what would you say to your younger self? What would you say to your children? What would you say to some other impressionable person about? And I'll expand it because I was speaking with someone else Uh, And I don't think it has to be reserved to Semester at Sea, but we'll keep it in that context about the type of experience that Semester at Sea offered and the importance of seizing that moment, catching that wave, I suppose, in Mm -hmm. your cool family parlance. Uh, What would you say?
1: Well, I'll tell you that I remember at the last day of the ship, we were doing like those videos, right? Remember Sky? He had like the big VHS camera that was videoing us all the time. <laughs> and he was calling us all individually because we were gonna do like a, a little snippet of ourselves that he would they would then send us the video. I don't know if you did that or not.
0: I don't think exactly. that I did, and i and I uh, anyway I, I i don't I don't we recall still have the video. you do. So were you okay. speaking to yourself then? Yes. What did you say?
1: So one of the questions they asked was, you know, to make a. I remember, and we were sitting in union, and they had asked us to make a commitment to ourselves and to our earth, right? And um, the commitment I made to myself was to stop drinking alcohol because I remember being on semester at C and I drank, but and we smoked and we did all those things, but and I wasn't even twenty one yet, right? I think I was, I was 20. I turned 21 in February when we got back. And I just remember how f-ed up people were getting in different ports and how embarrassing it was. I don't know if you remember that. And you were like, this is, I just remember being like sitting back and watching it and being like, this is like a representation of this microcosm of people in our age group and demographic. And this is how they're behaving in this foreign country. And I remember how much money we spent like on our ship thing for like alcohol. And I just remember how it made me feel. I was like, it just made me feel bad. And so I stopped drinking and I still don't drink. And I'm 45. And I always said to myself, if I wanted to drink, I will. And it was like such a great decision that I still stand in. Like I don't have a problem with alcohol, right? Or people that drink, but I just have no desire. And it's that was like probably the biggest shift for me in my life. Like, yes, I smoked a ton of pot for the rest of my time in college, but um,
0: yeah, I haven't drank since. Wow, that is truly remarkable. I think that isn't is that crazy. Wonderful. Sure, I wouldn't even say crazy. I just think it's amazing that you had this awareness of yourself. In the context of your age peers the impression they were making and you made actively a life decision and a commitment that you've held on to and there's lots of reasons I think why people decide not to drink or commit right. to do or don't do something but that just feels so meaningful so in some ways a great endorsement for semester at sea and the commitments that people are willing to make and the fact that you know here's you know at the extreme one life saved as a result of a really smart commitment that you made when you were 20.
1: Isn't that crazy yeah it's really bananas and I think about it because people ask me all the time because they people always offer you know you go to a party and they're like oh do you want beer and I was like yeah I don't drink and they automatically assume that they're like oh I'm sorry I was like oh no I don't I was like, I, I'm not an alcoholic, I don't have a problem with alcohol. I just made the choice when I was 20 to not to drink anymore. And they're like, and then it starts this whole conversation about why. It's a great conversation starter. But yeah, it's just, do you know how much money I've saved? And I'm always Well, like now, now really you say better. it that way.
0: I think about how much money I've blown. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And then my partner, my husband John, I mean, he drinks, but he'll just have a beer here and there. But we like we when we were at that willie nelson concert at um at the hollywood bowl i mean he had a beer but we were like watching and you just watch this like you know and as you're walking out like nobody can walk and people are going up and you're just like you don't have to take it to that extreme i mean obviously i'm on this extreme but yeah but it's pretty interesting to just watch now yeah
0: wow not where I expected the conversation to <laughs> to go, pleasantly so. But I guess I want to try to re-ask that question in one way. So you made a commitment back then. What would you say to, I guess not yourself, because you decided what you would say to yourself, and you've done that, but what would you say to someone else about this kind of experience?
1: I think that at 20 you know i work with college students at this age and there's so much fear and so i really when i'm talking to students i'm like um really just to open yourself up and be willing to take a risk a safe risk and i remember you know you and i took that risk that day with cold deep and it was life-changing and i think things are different like i think about my kids like my God, would I send them on a boat for, you know, three months? And would I be okay with them taking that risk? I'm glad my parents didn't know about it then. They probably would have pooped their pants. But, you know, I think there is something about releasing yourself from that fear and stepping in to being willing to put yourself in a situation that makes you may feel uncomfortable, but could end up being like this life-changing experience or connection with somebody or something.
0: That's great. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for checking out this edition of Voyage of Rediscovery. And don't forget to also check out sas25th.com. That's sas25th.com for everything Fall 1998. We'll see you next time. And remember, if you're not back by 8 p.m., the ship will leave without you.